0: The Bucs snapped their losing streak against the Minnesota Timberwolves, although uh, at times it looked like it wasn't going to be the case. They win the game 123-114. to 114. Giannis has an hour 40-point and 20-rebound performance, and Joe Ingles has a double-double in just his sixth game back from a torn ACL, which is great to see. Plenty to talk about from this game. I wasn't going to podcast, but you know I had to do it on the weekend, particularly when Joe plays the way he did, so let's get started. Max him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. go! Me on this show Monday to Friday, and also find my work over at ESPN. And as always, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first watch or first listen of every single day, and uh, hey, even uh, on the weekends from time to time as as well, like this one. But the Bucks played well. I wanted to talk about it, so I thought let's go live and let's see how Bucks fans are feeling because it had been a while since they won a game. And uh, they needed to get the job done tonight, and they absolutely did that. So thanks for joining me. Thanks for subscribing, and thanks for following the show. I mentioned on yesterday's podcast, over a million audio downloads and over 500K views on YouTube this year. It's New Year's Eve here in Australia. We've got about nine hours left in the year, so I'm sneaking in this podcast. I'm going to get outside, get some sun, drink some beers, and enjoy myself. But in the meantime, let's talk... About the bucks here, and today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. And of course, you know I and I joke about it. Everyone knows at this point that I joke about it, and there's a little Aussie homerism when it comes to me. But I do want to start this podcast talking about Giannis for sure because listen, he, he joins. It's a pretty historic line that he had tonight. Obviously, with the forty-three points. He goes and adds 20 rebounds to that. He has five assists. He has a couple of blocks along the way. He's 14 for 23 from the field. And look, we spoke about it after the last game against Chicago. Yes, he had his 45 points, but it took 39 shot attempts. And the offense didn't really feel like it functioned. And I said, look, I'm just concerned that Giannis is doing a little bit too much at this point. He knows that he has to put this team on his back at the moment because of the injuries. And tonight you have no Chris Middleton. You have no... Drew Holiday yet again, and Giannis understood the assignment. He said, fine, I'm going to put the ball on the floor. I'm going to try and be physically dominant. I'm going to try and get to the line as much as he did. And he went to the line for 21 attempts, and quite frankly, he could have doubled that. He could have doubled those attempts. There was frustration there from this Bucks team that in the first half went three for 22 from the three-point line, and I tweeted about it at halftime. They were down by 13 points just before the half. And, and quite frankly, you guys know that I watch every single Bucks game. I've watched every single Bucks game for the last two decades. But when they went down 13 in the second quarter, I was very close to saying it's a sunny day outside. I don't need to put myself through this. I'm not podcasting after this game. It was just fed up. It was tough to watch. And as I said, I tweeted it at, at half time. The Bucks were 47 for 169 from the three-point line over the course of the four-game losing streak, plus the first half against the Wolves, three for 22 from three. And funnily enough, Giannis hadn't even attempted one of those, which is the crazy stuff. But just before the half, Joe Ingles knocked one down. I think Javon Carter might've knocked one down, but they just hit a couple before the half and just got themselves back into the game. And I thought a little turning point just before half was Giannis got caught up with Anthony Edwards. And look, that's just cut to the chase he was fouled by Anthony Edwards they called an offensive foul which I, I still don't understand what they were looking at Giannis was frustrated he picks up a tech then Bud picked up a tech after that and I thought it just woke up the Bucs a little bit they were really engaged defensively for the last couple of minutes of the half when really the game could have been completely blown open and the Bucs would have been staring down the barrel of a five-game losing streak so I thought it was a terrible call but coincidentally perhaps uh, that was a moment in the game that really helped snap the backs, uh, snapped, snap the bucks back into form, and eventually snapped the at bu- uh, the backs of the Minnesota Timberwolves. I can barely talk right now, but Giannis played 37 minutes in this game, and he's and he's plus nine. So again, high minute total, exerting serious serious energy, getting the bucks back into this one. But the thing you love is that he had some help offensively, and it was looking pretty awful, uh, as I said in the first half. But we got a really strong third quarter from this team and it was led by Joe Ingles. And I already mentioned, you've got Chris Middleton. He's out with the knee, but he's also out apparently sick. Everyone is sick. This is one of the sickest and illest basketball teams I've ever heard of. This non-COVID illness just continually keeps ripping through this locker room. So Chris Middleton's sick. He wasn't there tonight. Drew Holiday is sick. He wasn't there tonight. And so if Giannis is going to play 37 minutes, you have to sit back and say, How are the Bucs going to function with the other 11 minutes, with the other 12 minutes, particularly because they're not shooting three? And the answer tonight was Joe Ingles. And I thought it was fascinating because we've seen him a little bit and it's understandable. But in his first few games back with the team, a lot of time he was just standing in the corner. He was trying to get catch and shoot threes. He was clearly out of rhythm. Understandably so. This is only game six back. But tonight was really the first time in the third quarter where Giannis was off the floor and Bud actually didn't have Javon Carter on the floor either. And it was just, uh, it was just Joe Ingalls playing point guard. And A, that's a good sign that he's physically up to doing that after getting perhaps a little bit of his win back. But B, we just saw exactly the vision that this team had for why he could potentially help this team, not as a superstar, but as a facilitator and a man that can run the half-court offense. Uh, when you hopefully have Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday back with those second units where, let's face it, the Bucks do not have the offensive creation when you think about a Javon Carter, think about uh, George Hill and, and and those types of things. So we're going to talk about this uh, a little bit more. But Rick B in the stream says, does Frank require a 50-point game to podcast now? Everything is relative, I suppose. Well, Frank was actually in the building. So he's leaving FireServe Forum now. The last time Frank podcasted after going to FireServe Forum was when the Bucs won the title. In fact, that was the last time he was at FireServe Forum and the last time he saw the Bucs live. So thank goodness for Frank Madden's sake that Milwaukee were able to pull out this win tonight, not only for Frank, but for the first live Bucks game and first Giannis experience for Frank Madden's daughter. So shout out to Frank and young Tilly. I hope they had a fantastic night. Uh, we'll talk more about what we saw in the third quarter after I... I have a message here from NHTSA. Uh, and it's New Year's Eve here, so this is appropriate. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. And as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Now you live nearby, you can make it home. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, you kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. These results are tragic and often deadly. However, they still don't stop Everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe and plan ahead and get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. So drive sober or get pulled over. Make sure you check out The Locked On Sports Today podcast as well. uh, Monday to Friday, that one. This is a a special uh, weekend edition of Locked On Bucks. Thanks to everyone for joining us as we have some more people jumping in the stream here on a Friday night in Milwaukee. So this is the ultimate sickos in this live stream right here. Uh, I, I technically qualify as a sicko as well because I'm doing this on New Year's Eve here in Australia. But let's talk about the third quarter and what we saw. Now, first of all, the Bucks are three for 22 from three at the half. So we have to acknowledge that yeah, part of the success that Joe Ingalls and the Bucks offense had in the third quarter was simply hitting shots. So they're three for 22 in the first half in the second half, they end up going. And I did jot this down 11 for 17 in the second half. So first of all, 11 for 17 is unsustainable, but you would like to think that you're not going to shoot three for 22 as uh, Carla, uh, Carlo, I should say. Yeah. Hello from the Philippines, by the way, shout out to Kai Soto. I'm going to watch him play basketball a little bit later, but so the Bucs knocked down shots. So so that's the first function. And we all sort of thought that once the Bucs started to hit some shots, they were gonna the, the floodgates were, were going to open. And Marcus Johnson was talking about that on the broadcast. But what Joe Engels brought to this offense that the Bucs just simply haven't had is the fact that they had someone that was always running the offense. It wasn't just one pass, launcher three, it wasn't just one player going in isolation and trying to make something happen. And we saw a little bit of that. And the play that stands out to me was the Bobby Portis one where he wanted to post up and it wasn't a great post up. Like it was near the three-point line. It was in long two territory. And Joe said, hey, I'm not passing your ball right there. Come here, set a screen for me. He set a screen, Joe the lefty dribbled to the right, then flicked the ball back to Bobby Portis there. It was just smart. And if you're looking at it as a Bucks fan, you might also say it's pretty basic stuff. But generally that's what Joe Ingles does He does the basic stuff well, and he just runs offense. And you're not going to expect that he's going to have 10 assists per night. You're definitely not going to expect that he's going to hit four threes per night. But he was on a heater tonight, and ultimately the Bucs needed it, and they won those minutes when Giannis was off the floor in the third quarter, and that's when the game changed. And shout out to Joe Ingles for that because if you think about the best way that this team can function offensively is when you obviously have the starters on the floor, but you have to find ways to generate offense when Giannis is off. And it can't just be Giannis putting this team on his back the entire time. So I thought this was really positive uh, from Joe there. And look, I don't blame people, by the way. I don't blame people for watching Ingles over his first few games and just thinking, well, this is an old man who's washed and isn't going to bring anything to the table. Because if if you haven't watched Joe Ingles, I can understand it. He's not overly athletic for an NBA player. He's a lefty. Everything he does is poised and slow, and there's nothing explosive about it. But as we saw, he can still pick apart a defense and he did that tonight and uh, it was fun. And he said after the game in an interview with Laura Stevenson that it's been tough for him and it's been tough for him figuring it out as he's come back to this team. But ultimately, he just missed uh, playing basketball for 11 months. So that was a cool cool thing, I think, for all Bucks fans to see that tonight. What about AJ Green getting some first quarter minutes tonight? I'm, I'm reading the comments here, so we'll get to some of the other thoughts from listeners and viewers of the show right now, but AJ green comes in and he plays 21 minutes in this game, which I, I have to assume, I have to assume is a career high for him. I don't think he would have played that many minutes unless there was a night where everyone was out, but he finishes two for six, two for five from three, which is what you expect. If he's going to be shooting, it's going to be shooting the three and the other shot was actually an offensive putback. Now, I absolutely acknowledge back in in preseason, me and Frank and I had the conversation with a few people that I didn't really understand why AJ Green was a two-way player on this team, just because he is a limited player. He he doesn't do much other than shoot threes, which by the way, he might be the best shooter on the roster. Uh, I'm not sure. We saw at times that Minnesota looked to pick on him defensively and certainly against the better teams. I'm not sure that you can really play AJ Green, but what I did say at the start of the season if he comes into the lineup and he's playing serious minutes in a game that matters and tonight did matter for this team, something's probably gone wrong and something went wrong for the Bucs. They'd lost four games in a row. They had se- obviously a number of players out of the rotation and they couldn't hit a three to save themselves and he came in and knocked down two and it was certainly fun seeing him knock down that deep, deep, deep three from Javon Carter out near the logo. So uh, no doubt about it. He's a knockdown shooter. Again, as a rookie, we keep saying this. Is he a guy that's going to play uh, big minutes later in the season? I highly, highly doubt it. But you've got to love the fact that he's looking out, confident out on the floor in limited minutes. And listen, if AJ Green's going to play, you may as well let it fly. That's exactly what he's out there to do. And I thought he did a great job tonight, and I wanted to mention that because I can certainly say I've probably been a, a little hard on him, and I'm about as positive as any person um, can possibly be. And there's a few comments in there about Grayson Allen, who, again, I don't think had a great night. He did knock down the first three of the game, and you thought, okay, here we go. The floodgates might open, but it wasn't quite the case. He didn't have a great night. He didn't necessarily finish too well uh, around the rim either, 0 for 2 on two-point attempts. So he's clearly in a rough stretch, and we saw Marshawn Beauchamp come into the game. And, you know, as I said yesterday, if Grayson Allen isn't getting up those threes, then you... I, I don't know what his function is in the lineup. And I'm still very high on Grayson. I've been high on Grayson. I think he can be an important player for this team. But uh, another night that didn't quite stand out to him. And he wasn't in those lineups when Joe Ingalls was firing off assists left, right, and center. But yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a, a great night for him. So we'll see what comes up. Noteworthy that Wesley Matthews, as we mentioned against Chicago, played 31 minutes tonight. He picked up the DMP. And obviously, George Hill played big minutes in that game. So the guys that benefited was obviously Marjon and AJ Green. And hey, I don't think that there's too many Bucks fans out there that are going to knock the, the idea that you bring in some youth into this team. And there was a play that Marjon Beauchamp had today. And look, he did pick up some fouls. And it's a difficult assignment, particularly trying to guard Anthony Edwards. So he picks up three fouls in 14 minutes. But he most of the time has a play that makes me raise my eyebrows and say, I didn't expect that. And he had a, a baseline drive tonight where he was actually just able to use physicality and length to get up and finish at the basket. So yeah, that's why, as I discussed on, on yesterday's podcast, I think you just got to keep playing Mahjong Bochamp, particularly through the month of January and really find out if you think that there's any chance that he can be a rotation player for this team heading towards the postseason because you need to know before the trade deadline. Now, I'm not saying... That the coaches of the Bucs haven't seen enough during practice. Like clearly they know more than what I do, but I think it's important in game situations to see what he's got before we get to the trade deadline there. So uh, good to see Mahjong get those minutes. And yeah, they needed it. They needed all the points. They needed a bit of explosiveness in this game. So I thought that's obviously a positive. Q asks if anyone thinks we won because George Hill didn't play. I actually thought George Hill was fine. Against the Bulls, I didn't think he was bad. But I'm not as down on George Hill as as most on here. I think, you know, he's your 10th, 11th, 12th player. I don't think it's a it's a big deal at this point. But again, I agree. I'll be playing Marjan Bochamp uh, for sure on a nightly basis. Let's talk about the rebounding. After I talk about Rocket Money, and I spoke about Rocket Money on the podcast, our sponsors yesterday, and this is the time of year where for someone like me, you're finding out how much money you're wasting and you really need to start saving. So Rocket Money is formerly known as Bill. It's a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Over 80% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about, like a streaming service you bought to watch just, just for one show or a free trial that you never even used. And this is a perfect point to say you don't have to pay to subscribe to Locked on Bucks. So if you haven't done it, do it right now. But Rocket Money makes canceling subscriptions as easy as a click of the button. Simply find the subscription you don't want and press cancel. Rocket Money will cancel it for you. No more long hold times with customer service or tedious emailing back and forth. Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, saving the average person up to 720 bucks a year. Stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's rocketmoney.com slash NBA. Rocketmoney.com slash LockedOnNBA. I would also remind you once again to check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast with Peter Bukowski. He'll keep you covered with everything going on in the sports world with the help of the local experts as well. Let's go to a point here from Carlo. It says, when it comes to rebounding, we heard our assistant coach talk about an emphasis on crashing the boards. Could this be the reason why our transition defense is suffering? Might just be carelessness also. So my, my theory with the transition defense at this point, and it might be a little bit of the fact that they're crashing the offensive rebounds, but I, I would guess if I had to guess because the Bucs' offense has been struggling so much, because they haven't been shooting threes, that has been an area where the Bucs thought that they could get some easy points. If they're crashing the glass, they generally play big. A lot of times they'll have not only Giannis, but Brooke Lopez. And we saw the Bobby Portis lineup with the three bigs tonight. And they tried to take advantage of this Minnesota team, who, by the way, we have to acknowledge, uh, didn't have Cat and didn't have Rudy Gobert as well. So let's let's not act like this is some sort of... Uh, trademark win that we're going to remember for the rest of our time, but we can have fun. The Bucks needed to pick up a win, but they had a size advantage. They thought that they could uh, take advantage on the glass and they certainly did that. I I don't know where the 20 offensive rebounds ranks on the season this year. I suspect it would be pretty high, but what it did do was translate to 26 second chance points to the Timberwolves 15 and look if you're plus 11 in second chance points and you win the game by nine, it's a fair indication that that was a pretty influential stat for the night. And you got to love Bobby Portis in this instance, he had eight offensive rebounds in this game. So, of the 20, he almost had 50 of them. He continues to be a double double machine for this time. And again, when they've struggled for offense, him just crashing the glass. And getting those second opportunities and knocking them down was important. He's got 22 points and 14 rebounds. And yes, the Bucs have to continue winning games and they have to get better. But I think that he has to be in the calculations for the sixth man of the year. I've been talking about it all year long and all night long. So shout out, obviously, to Bobby Portis for that. Uh, Let me just send a link over. It sounds like Frank Madden is back uh, from FISO forum. So... I'm going to try and bring him into the pod. This is the first time we've uh, integrated, a guess, mid-pod. But yeah, I thought in the first half, if you're going to go three for 22 from three and not knock down those threes, then it is important, really important that you have someone uh, that can continue to have the scoreboard ticking over. And I thought uh, Bobby Portis uh, was going to be the case. And we have a comment here. No matter how bad of a slump you're in, the T-Wolves are always there to make you feel better. By the way, let me say this. Anthony Edwards, we saw late in the game, took a really hard fall. And it looked like he had a serious injury. Then he got up, stayed in the game, and looked physically fine. The crowd was booing, which... I Look, I personally thought that was bad taste. But mostly because I know that if my ass hit the wood that hard, if my ass got knocked over by Brook Lopez and I landed straight on my tailbone... I would be staying down for a long time as well. And maybe you felt a bit better after, but I don't think you can be winning for that. Come on. That's a, that's a poor form by the four forum crowd. I thought there for sure. Uh, Eliza says, just glad to see Frank's little girl got to see this win. That's right. And maybe Frank's daughter is potentially the good luck charm that this uh, team needed. So shout out to Frank, shout out to his daughter. Uh, they're both one and zero. Seeing live games this year, as I'm just uh, waiting for Frank to join in on the podcast here. But overall, and Jeffrey says that Anthony Edwards was milking the time to recover from being tired. He sounded like he was in some serious, serious pain there. So I agree with Lags. It says shout out to him for playing on. And Anthony Edwards, I think, just in general, is a really likable guy. I, I enjoy watching him play. Yeah, thirty points and ten rebounds tonight as well and probably the Bucks were fortunate and the T-Wolves aren't a team that shoot a lot of threes but it could have been much worse for the Bucks in the first half as well even though they went down uh, there as uh, Frank's putting his daughter to bed so he's not going to join us on this podcast. It's a shame but we'll we'll get the full experience with Frank Madden uh, after he's done there but we might wrap it up though but it, it has been fun. Shout out again to Giannis and as I said the, the Bucks have tweeted out that it was the first back-to-back 40.20 rebound games since Moses Malone in 1982. And I'm here to tell you, I was not alive in 1982. So this is the first time in my lifetime a player has done that. I'm thrilled to be able to have watched them. You would have loved it if the Bucs were 2-0 and for both of those, but they weren't. So Giannis was the story tonight. He was simply superb. And just seeing a glimpse of what potentially Joe Ingles can do for this team was also awesome. So it's a lot of fun. I thank you to everyone for jumping on this podcast with me, a little weekend podcast. When Joe Ingalls played like that, you know I had to get on live. And the Bucks are back in the winning column, which I think everyone has to be excited about 23 and 12 on the season and they needed to the win. So we'll wrap it up. I'll catch you all in the new year. Last pod of this year. As I mentioned, the numbers have been insane. You're all the best. Thanks for supporting us. Thanks for subscribing. And if you haven't subscribed, particularly here on YouTube, as you're watching, hit the bell. And next time we go live, you'll be able to join us. So we thank you to all. Stay safe. Stay safe out there. And uh, enjoy the new year. And we'll catch you in 2023.